0: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Roy. Um, a bit overwhelming announcement. Thank you. Sorry. It feels like a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyway, guys. Um, hello and happy Sabbath, of course, to all of you. Um, just you all know that, of course, I like to talk. And uh, I have been wanting to share my story for a very, very long time. And uh, Pastor Roy finally gave in. He's like, okay, I'll let you be, you know. (laughs) Uh, No, but I wanted to share how I have come to know this amazing family of God that I have now. And uh, how at one stage, um, I denied God and his existence to an extent, and he still didn't give up on me. And, um, yeah. I'll get into it straight. I want to start by, of course, where I was born. I was born in India in a beautiful family uh, with a Sikh background, where my mom, my dad, my sister. uh, And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful family, which you would be able to see the picture of in a second. One second. Right there. (laughs) That's my dad, my mom, uh, my sister. And my wife is there now, of course. But yeah, (laughs) that's my family. My sister would kill me to show that photo to all of you guys, by the way. But anyway. (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, that's the family I was born in. And uh, I was born in a country where religion is a big deal. Um, Or at least it's, it's made out to be in a sense that when... You are in that culture. You, you are, you're at least portraying like, hey, I'm a religious person. Like, it's that kind of a deal. People normally go to temples to worship God. Uh, they would go to temple and bow down to a religious book and then eat food and then come home. And pretty much that's what it was. And if you want to study at home, you would have a little book at a, like a snippet of the original book, which is called Guru Granth Sahib. And it, the little book is called Gudka. Um, so you can read from that book, but the original book, which is let's say Bible of that religion, um, you're actually not allowed to read that book unless you're baptized or uh, yeah, unless you're baptized and have committed to the religion completely. And to get baptized, you have to have certain things. Uh, for example, um, I'm not going to mention all of them, but uh, for example, you have to, you cannot cut your hair for the rest of your life, regardless of whatever part of the body or whatever um also you have to have a couple of things with you uh like there's a metal bangle you have to have all the time on you a little knife which you might have noticed on some sick people they have like a linear with the knife on the side so that's one of those things um a a symbol of the religion that's there and then um uh, a wooden comb which you can either keep in your hair or keep with you So that's the religion, pretty much, uh, as far as I had known from my family and the culture I grew up around. I always had people around me, including my family, uh, who were like profess religious people, but they never really had a true understanding of uh, morality, uh, which were mainly the reasons I was really reluctant towards following the religion and uh, God in that sense. Um, They my mom specifically, she would follow the spiritual gurus more than she would follow her own God. Uh, and that never sat well with me. I'm like, how can you, like, trust a human being more than God? You know, it's, it's weird, because I don't want to ever believe in a human being more than I would want to talk to God. And, and it never sat well with me. There was a lot of uh hypocrisy around me, too. Like, People would go to temples and learn about doing good things to people, like as in being good and have a good, having a good character. But then, they were like people were selfish in a sense. That hey, they would just see their own good and do the things accordingly. And that's also the culture as well, just because of it's like a survival mode, um, where um, that's how people live pretty much. Um, always had people around me who would make me compromise my morality to some level it was like encouraging it was like not so much believing in speaking the truth but adjusting the truth according to the situation you're in it's like blending the truth to make it sound good kind of thing um so i'll to give you an example of how it sounds like is uh my dad recently had a heart stent surgery uh, which thanks to god that it happened really well and he's doing good but we went to hospital to get that done, and um we, uh, the doctor asked him before the surgery, like, because he has health cover, so he asked him, uh, hey, have you, ha- have you mentioned your diabetes in your health cover? And dad goes, nah. He's like, oh, so how long have you had it for? Dad goes, ah, couple of months. And trust me, the guy has had it for like a decade. But anyway, uh, you know. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, a couple of months. I guess, oh, okay. He's like, and the guy was like, pretty cool. He's like, Cool in the sense like he was very he understood the situation um, and he goes, oh it's okay we'll we'll do one thing we won't mention that you're a diabetic right now so that you can get the full claim and we'll squeeze the diagnosis later in the in the records, and like the people were true professionals man like what they did was they would took all the vitals they will take all the vitals and record that in the, in in his documents and they will still take his blood sugar level but on a separate piece of paper, would never record it. Even the medication, they were taken under my cousin's name, not under my dad's name. So, yeah. To the, like, commitment was next level. Hence, that's what I'm talking when I say adjusting the truth. That's what people say. Um, But it wasn't all bad. It wasn't that, yes, I saw hypocrisy from everything, you know, from everybody or anything. Um, There was, in my life before, specifically before I came to Australia, like two, three years before I came to Australia, um, God... Now that I look back at it, it was like God giving me a little bit of hope that yes, there are people. There are people who can have morality. There are people who can encourage you to do good things. And one of those people were Joth, uh, who I met uh, on a dating site, and uh, we we could only just have friendship because we didn't really have any any like chemistry towards dating. So we and she lived far away anyway, so we'd only talk over the phone and stuff. She was the only person who would encourage me to believe in myself and do the right thing, even though I might not like to listen to it. She would still say the right things, like, hey, man, no, 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 you shouldn't do this because this is wrong, but do this because this is right. I know you don't like it, but I'm still going to say it. So she she challenged me, and it was really good, and she helped me grow as well. Um, and she encouraged me to be a better person. Um, one of the examples to share uh, how she helped me was in I think um, December 2018. I had recently stopped watching pornography, and uh, my, I shared it with Joel. I was like, "Hey, man, I think uh, I, I don't think it's good for me. I think it's uh, I like it, it makes me objectify women and stuff. And this is what's happening. And I don't think it's a good, uh, you know, good thing for my brain. And that's how it's affecting me. And she helped me even." You know, understand it further, and she was going to share the same thing with me, just like a uh, pretty much on the same chat when we were having it. She said, "Like, hey, it's very detrimental, of course." Oh, thanks for the water, man. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> um, she explained it to me even further, like how it is so detrimental, how um the way it affects you, the way uh it makes you, uh, or how do I want to say it? The way it affects your mind is uh, pretty much very detrimental. Let's just leave it at that, because I I can't find a word. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, she would give me the right uh, advice, of course, but when when I see it now, it's just that god put me like god put her in my life for a good reason for help me to help me start thinking deeply because i would always think of like yeah whatever like things will take care of themselves like it's not like we don't need to really you know worry about anything like whenever there would be a stressful situation or anything i would just put it on the side and think of things superficially like as they wouldn't really affect anything but she helped her she helped me uh think deeply then, when I was in, when I was 22, in 2015, October 2015, um, there was a major change in my life that came. Um, that was, I was going to abroad to a different country, and uh, even then, God intervened, which, to, trust me, I didn't, really didn't like His intervention at that time. But uh, what happened was, I applied for Canada, and I wanted to go to Canada so bad. I was like, "Yep, I want to go to Canada," and then um, I got rejected for Canada. I got refused. And, uh, and I was really bummed out. And then I applied for Australia because that was my second option. <laughs> and, uh, and I got accept, uh, accepted here gratefully. Uh, and I've said this to people a lot, that you might not understand when something bad happens, or at least what you think is bad had happened in your life at that particular moment. But three to five years later, you will understand why it happened and how it took place and how it was good for you. And now that I'm standing in front of you guys and talking about this is like I cannot be more grateful, man. I cannot be more grateful that that happened, and I'm here, and this is happening. you know um, now, when I came to Australia, I had always been like i don't i don't know how to explain the culture, but in India you do what your parents say and it's pretty much that's your command and you just do what they say. And when I came to Australia, I had all of this independence and uh, I wanted to live it out. It was just that simple. And uh, I had always watched movies where people would go clubbing, drinking and all these things. And you can only guess what I did when I came here, of course. So I definitely went clubbing. I definitely went drinking. And I uh, would do that a lot. But even though when I was doing it, there was something from within me that it just felt like it wasn't right. Like, there was something that I didn't feel that I belonged into the places where I went. Um, I remember one of the times, like, even though I was doing all those things, I was getting drunk and stuff, like, God was still there to protect me. Definitely, I didn't see it back then. I can guarantee you that. Like, there was a time when I got so drunk. um, I got onto the train, luckily, towards my house, and uh, uh, I just was so out of it that I did not remember what stations the train was going on, like what stations were passing and whatever. And I asked a stranger, and trust me, man, if God did not put that guy there, I would not get home that day. Like, I asked, and I'm almost, like, in a situation where I'm going to pass out. That's how bad it was. And uh, I asked him, like, hey, man, can you help me when, when the train gets to St. Albans station? And I don't know if you guys know St. Albans or not, but it's very well known for like stealing and stuff and all those things, specifically in the dark, and I was coming home late anyway. I had already planned, like, my friends to come to the station and help me home because I wasn't in a walking stage. And not just that, like, I put... When I got to that station and I got out, I didn't, of course, you don't realize it there then because you're too drunk and you, you, you can't really think straight. But I realize it now that I put my friends in danger as well because the way to our house was from a dark alley, which was we did not have a street light, and that was the most like one of the most um, infamous streets to get burglarized and you know all those things. And yeah, like you would think that I would you know learn from my lesson from there, like isn't hey you know don't get drunk or whatever and this and that. But no, I did it again, and I got so insanely drunk once again on the New Year's. And I came home, I think, the next morning around 11. 11 a.m., I'm talking about. Um, and God, God still helped me come home all the way. That's one. Uh, but second was also when I was so drunk that I had a ha- hangover for like a day and a half um, after that. It was pretty bad. And... I was like, nah, man. It doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't feel. And of course, I was feeling something from within anyway for to stop doing these things. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna do this. Like, I I I need to. I need to work on this. That's what I was thinking. So of course, that was one of the positive steps that I took from towards my character. That's what I wanted to do. But that wasn't the only positive uh, that was gonna happen that year. And it was 2018. Um. Now. In 2018, I had finished my studies, and I was able to work full-time, and I was able to support myself financially. And uh, I was able to help with my family, I mean, help my family with their finances. And in India, if uh, if you are able to like support your family a little bit, it's considered like a great thing. Like you're a good son. Pretty much you're past the test and everything, so it's good, great. So that's what happened. And uh, I was like, when everything was going good, and I didn't pray to God. I didn't think about God for a long time um, up until this incident. And I said, man, I don't think I need God. Like, it's okay. Like, life is all right. I don't think I need God because I'm fine. I'm doing okay. Nobody, like, I, I don't need to pray to him. I don't need to worry about anything. Then also it was, uh, I, and I pretty much concluded that there is no God. Like, literally after that incident, and I was like, okay, nah, that's it. No God. Then, uh, I mean, it, this was also the result because we were having some conversation among ourselves like my friends where I used to live. Uh, we, would have, we were having conversation about different theories about God and how everything had come to be. And that really helped the case of me deciding, yep, there is no God. Um, now, I would say there was a little bit of an arrogance there too. Definitely because, of course, I was like, hey, I supported myself and I did everything on my own. However, I was not, like, I never became the person who, like, who would disrespect God or anything like that. Or people who believed in God. And that's okay. Like, I was, like, still respectful towards that. But after that decision came a very tough time in my life. Because I, I was, like, every, again, same thing. I'm, I'm stable financially. Everything is great. Now, out of nowhere, I'm just thinking, I'm like, hey, man, but what is the meaning and purpose of life? Just like that. And I'm like, it can't be just like, okay, you earn money, you buy a house, you get married, you, you have kids, and you die. And you take care of them and you die, and, but uh, that's it. Like, I'm like, that does not make sense. I'm like, it cannot be, like, it's just that that's what life is. I said, if that's life, I don't want to live life. Like, that's how I thought about it. I'm like, nah, man, that's just, everybody's doing it, but why are they doing it? It didn't make sense. And the thought process was, it was so deep that it made me go into a sort of a depression, that it was a very dark place. Um, I was brought up by a Mom and dad, of course. Dad, mainly, where he would just was a very solution-oriented person. So I was looking for a solution to get out of that situation. I'm like, hey, man, I need to work on a solution. Sorry, guys. It's getting a bit warm now. So I thought about a solution. I'm like, okay, so what is the purpose that I can find? And what helped me get out of that state was, I'm like hey, man, there are a lot of stray dogs. I'm going to help stray dogs. That's my purpose in life. I'm going to build a stray facility at some point, and that's what I'm going to work towards. And that's what literally, like, it wasn't so much that there was a solution, but it, was, it just got me out of that state. And when that happened, I'm like, okay, cool. Now I don't need to think about that. Now I'm okay, right? And now when I... Now, when I look back at that, it was very empty. It was very empty without God. I remember looking in the mirror and talking to myself and literally saying, who are you, man? He was... Thank God for that drug idea. That's what I would say. Anyway... Then after that incident, um, sorry guys. Anyway, um, after that incident, uh, I started working towards my personal growth. I'm like, man, let's let's try to find myself. Let me see who I am, because I was like a big people pleaser. People would whatever people would say, yep, yeah, man, I'll I'll go with you. I'll do this or whatever. I didn't care what I thought of or or in that sense. And with this, actually, Joth helped me a lot. She, I had a chat with her and it was a really great chat because she helped me understand. She's like, be who you are and let the people around you accept you for who you are rather than adjusting yourself to be someone who they want you to be. And one of those things were drinking hard liquor. I never enjoyed drinking hard liquor, but I did because, you know, my friends would do it at the parties and stuff. And I hated it with guts, man. But anyway. So I, I would drink, uh, and I stopped drinking at that time. i like, hey man, I'm just gonna stick to beers and wines. Cause I, I was li- like, I like beer and wine at that time. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stick with that and I'm not gonna drink hard liquor. So I didn't necessarily lose friends due to the changes I was making. And this was one of the changes. Didn't really lose them, but my friendships changed. That definitely changed because it wasn't the same level of connection or commitment or closeness I thought I had that I was having at that time. And for the first time, I wasn't afraid to lose friends. I wasn't afraid to be alone. I wasn't afraid to, you know, let people go. And I feel like this was God really prepping me to meet someone who would be my best friend slash wife, who you guys know as Astina because trust me if she would have met me like 6 months before she met me we would not be clicking and we I would not be standing here that's for sure um and it aligns so well that in in September 2018 when I I made the decision I'm like I'm going to firmly believe in who I am and I'm going to act upon it and literally a week later when I say, said that to myself I met her online and I could, when I talked to Astina for the first time, I was like, man, I can really talk to someone and be honest for the first time in my life and be completely honest. Like, I don't have to think about adjusting the truth or anything. Like, she was listening to me and not judging me. That was the first time. And I shared some really, um, like, thoughts that I thought that, that might, you know, make her go like, oh, I don't know what type of person K But she helped me understand, and she helped me... I mean, it was hard for her too, but at the same time, she listened without judgment, which was a big thing for me, man. And when she did that, it encouraged me to be honest with her and, you know, keep being that way. Now, I was honest, but I didn't really have a firm belief system. Like, I would... um, And she would help me understand... That I don't have a belief system. I don't have a firm belief system, and why it was so. And it was like uh, I was like, man, I think I have a firm belief system. But she was she made me understand later how I don't, and I will explain it to you guys, of course, and what it meant to have a belief system. Um, the value system which I was talking about. I mean, what she was talking about was the one which was not easily shakable, and the one I had was. Pretty much uh, like it was learned by adjusting the truth, and when that happens, there is not really a belief system so what happened was how how I got to know like i 'll get to the story where i how I got to know that she has a strong belief system so once i think after uh, dating a couple of months, we were going to buy a car for her, and what happened was I think the car was about thirteen thousand dollars or something like that. It was a secondhand car, and um, wait, I was filling out the paperwork, and I put the value of the car like three thousand. And she goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean? What I'm doing? I'm like, just putting the value there." She's like, "No, but that's not how much we bought it for." I'm like, "But that's okay. Like, if the government is going to take the money, it doesn't matter. Like, you just put low value." She goes, "No, the law of the land is." this is what you do, and this is how you act upon it. And I'm like, but you do know that one car sells like a hundred times and the government makes money every single time on it, right? So it doesn't really matter. She goes, say, where you follow the law of the land where you live. And if you don't like the law of the land where you live, you choose to live where you like the law and follow it. And that struck a chord with me, man. It was like, I had never met somebody like who wants to follow um, rules uh, when nobody's looking, you know? And and that's actually the true test of character. When nobody's looking, that's when you want to see if somebody's following the rules. Anyway, uh, and then, uh, then when I saw that in her, and I was like, man, I want to learn more. I want to have that character and that firmness in the belief system that I want to be that kind of a person. Because I believed in something like that, but I never really practiced it or, or wanting to, wanted to practice it because the thing is, I was like, dude, I will be good, okay, but the world is not going to be good because they're going to be adjusting the truth and I'm, I'm going to be the good guy and the world is going to eat me alive. It's just that simple. Like, that's how I felt. And uh, what would happen is then we would have, uh, following that incident, we would, like me and Astina, she would ask me a lot of questions. And I don't know if many of you have talked to Astina, but she asked a lot of questions. <laughs> and makes you think deeply in just that simple. So then we would have a lot of discussions around, like, where we come from, the morality, um, and we would have conversation. Also, when we talk about where we come from, I was a big believer in evolution theory. I didn't know what theory meant by that time. I thought evolution was written in the book, textbook. Yep, that's the word of the law. That's it. That's how we came to be. Never really exploded. And she questioned me on that. And when I looked up on Google, it was like, it's a theory. It's not a proven fact. I'm like, what? Like, dude, why is it in the textbook then? Because I was thinking, like, textbook, you only put something in the textbook if it's there, like, it's a proven fact. That's it. Nobody told me, like, okay, God created us or whatever. No, it was the other thing. So, that was one thing, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Then, morality, we would have, um, like, different chats about subjective and objective morality. um, How, because I was more towards subjective morality, and she was more towards objective morality. And that's what would happen. Um... Now, when I wanted to learn more after those conversations, we she invited me to one of the Bible studies. Um, and mind you, by that time, I'm still an agnostic. Uh, sorry, I did miss a part of the story where I became. I was an atheist, of course, when I said there is no God. But then later, it didn't make really sense. I was like, oh, there, there is something out there, but I didn't want to call it God, of course. So, so I was still an agnostic, and I and uh, I went to that Bible study. And I had fun because the main reason I went there was like, man, it'll it'll only help my character because she has that. She must go to those, you know? Like, I want that. And uh, then we went to the Bible study. It was really fun and I, and I asked a lot of questions and uh, it was pretty good. But then we weren't invited to it the next time. They said it was too many people at the Bible study and um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised and I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's fine. And uh, I didn't ask her again to go to Bible study because I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I'd be welcomed again," you know, because it just felt that way. Um, then that subjective and objective morality topic that came up again, and we would have chats again. And then she would recommend she recommended me a video of uh, uh, Rabbi Zacharias. Uh, it's on subjective and objective morality. Man, when I watched that video, it was like a new world of like. A new world opened to me. Pretty much, it's, it was just like, like I cannot believe that all my life that I was believing subjective morality and not objective, because I was the guy. Like when I understood what subjective morality is, actually, it's like okay, everything is wrong and everything is right. That's subjective morality, it's just that simple. And when I learned there is an ob- there there is an objective standard, because otherwise there is no true, there is no uh, false. You know, so when that happened, I was like, okay. And literally, that video was right there. And along some chats, of course, which I had with Astina, I was like, okay, I, I do not have any other reasons but to believe God, you know? So I made the decision that yes, there is a God and I believe in God. Now in 2020, as horrible as it was for people, for me, I think it was the most blessed year. I think it was the best year of my life. In May 2020, I would go to Adelaide for my studies, and um, um, I think I was there for two weeks or so. And, and there was one of the nights I was um, like, I was so scared of the dark. There was nobody at home, and I was alone on my own. And I'm not used to being alone on my own. And I was so scared of the dark, I, was, I just could not fall asleep. I called her, and um, she helped me a little bit. But then after that, eventually, I fell asleep. And the very next day, I'm like, man. I want to know God, <laughs> because, you know, I was scared ass, but that wasn't the only reason. I actually wanted to know God and his character. I said, I talk about God now that I, like, hey, hey, I believe in God, but I want to know his character, like who he is, how he came to be. And then I said, I want to go to a church. She goes, it's okay, I'll find a church for you. I said, what do you mean you'll find a church for me? Like, there's a church around the corner, I can go to that. Like, doesn't matter. Because in India, whenever you say, like, I want to go to a temple, you don't say, I'll find a temple for you. You just say, you go to a temple just that simple right but later she she said i'll explain to you later it's okay it's like just find an sda church around you and you can go to that i said okay then i looked online and uh i found brighton sda church and uh it had good reviews that's what i looked at so i was like and and trust me i did like my research on it i didn't believe all the reviews i was like okay let me just look into the reviews and there was this review about from one of the ladies about the funeral, uh, about her mom's funeral or something. And she said, like, you know, the service was great and people were nice and everything. And I'm like, surely nobody would lie about the funeral, you know, like with the reviews, because other ones could be fake, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, funeral one, nobody would lie about the funeral. Like, nobody would go that low. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I chose that church and uh i didn't go that sabbath but i went the following sabbath and i remember walking into the church and meeting pastor gary and um, still nervous because you know after the experience i had at the bible study i'm like i don't know like if i'd be accepted or not you know so i walked into the church and and pastor gary met him, and on pastor gary pastor gary in his energetic voice goes hello young fella. how are you doing today i'm like i'm good thank you sir how are you and then <laughs> Yeah, then I went to Sabbath School uh, straight away, and then Caden was leading this uh, Caden, the youth leader there. He was leading this um, uh, Bible study. I mean, the Sabbath School lesson, and it was so good because they started with the popcorn prayer, by the way. And I—that was the first time I would ever pray, and I—I uh, I knew how to pray because I've heard Astina pray before, but and I've heard other people pray, so I just prayed um, in a simple way. And after that, after the Sabbath School, I went into the church. And all these young people started coming to me, and it's like, hey, welcome, you know, this and that, nice to meet you and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty nice. Like, I've never felt that welcomed in a church, ever. I was like, wow, this is really nice. And not just that, like, when they were talking to each other, like, because I was sitting very close to them, when they were talking to each other, the way they were talking about God, and how they were so happy that God is their God, was like a new concept for me. i was like, wow, man. Like, these people actually love God. They don't fear God. They love God. Which was a new concept for me. Because all my life, it was like, fear God. That's it. Yep, you don't do good. God is going to punish you. Just simple as that. So when I heard that, I was like, in an no. I was like, wow, that is, that is really, really cool. Then the very next week, uh, I got invited by Caden and Amy um, to their house imagine somebody walks into church the first week and the second week invite somebody at at your home like that's how open those people were like i could be a very horrible guy but i wasn't i wasn't just saying but yeah (laughs) they invited me and it was it was it was really cool and i went there and it was like just like going to somebody i knew for a long time and it was a really nice experience although i got to find out later that they thought that i was the covid inspector that week uh, and, uh, and, they, and they really were being nice to me. It was like, oh, is that the reason? She's like, no, man, it's all right. But no, they felt, they, it felt really genuine. It felt really, really genuine um, when, I, when they were treating me like that. And also, one other fact about this, that when I went to uh, church that Sabbath, church wasn't open before that. That was the first week that church was open. And if I would have gone there a week before, I would not have find, found the church to be open. The fact that it happened that day, I felt like, wow, God cares about me, like about about a human being like this. That you know, these things are falling in line, you know, for that I went there on that particular week. Anyway, from there on, we would go to Tuesday night prayers, uh, we would uh, prayer groups, and then we would pray for people. We would have soup and buns after church. We would. Uh, have Bible studies during the week. We would, um, like, do so many things, and it filled me from within. It was, like, just this rush of things. I'm, like, wow, man, this is so cool, because I'm learning about God, I'm meeting new people, and it's like a family, I know. You know, it was just, like, I, I was, like, man, I really wish I found this a long time ago, you know, like, it was just that feeling, and then, um, when we were having Bible studies, of course, me and Caden, and those were actually baptismal studies, which I did not know that I was getting treated when, you know, prepared for baptism. I was like, okay, I found, found that out later anyway. But one of the Bible studies was about uh, drinking alcohol or something like that. And um, I, I made the decision to stop drinking alcohol after that Bible study because something from within just spoke me. Like, hey, like, man, I, I think I need to drop it. I think I keep saying I want to become a better person. I, I, this is a decision I think is better for me. And uh, it was just, when that, ha- also, apart from Karen literally telling me what is wrong with that. So it's like, dude, no, this is bad, this is bad. Like, this is what's wrong with alcohol, this is what's wrong with alcohol. I'm like, it's okay, man. <laughs> but no, he, uh, it, it was not so much him, but it's more so how I felt. And how I felt like God talked to me and said to drop it. Um, now, it wasn't just that I was believing in God for the sake of believing in God. God gave me reasons to believe in him. There was another night after that when I felt alone. I mean, I was alone in the house again. My housemates were out, and it was dark. Same scenario. It's so like, dude, I'm scared again. And I'm like, okay, this time I've got God, you know? And I was like, I prayed to God. I'm like, God, help me with this. Please help me go through the night. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be fine. I closed my eyes. I, happened, I waited for something to happen five, ten minutes. Nothing happened. And I was like, dude i got to go to facebook again because i would i would distract myself to go to bed you know just to just so that some other thought would come in mind and that whatever and i opened facebook uh, after i gave in and the very first post on facebook the very first post was isaiah 43:1 it said fear not for i have redeemed you i have called you by your name you are mine man i have never felt anything, like, I was like, dude, God is really, like, for, to pray, and for that to happen, I mean, I know I went on Facebook, but still, like, for that to happen, and then I was like, man, I'm pretty sure I'm safe, like, just after reading that, and I literally slept like a baby through the night, I was like, okay, cool, we're good, and uh this, this was like the first time I had such an encounter with God in my life, it was like, I prayed, and this happened, and he was like, dude, like, I don't know God, God thinks, or at least God feels uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm of any worth to God, that he helped me with this, you know, and God did not just help me with this, he took baby steps with me, like, literally baby steps, he, in teaching me one thing at a time, this was, of course, Hey Kay, if you pray, this is how I answer, and this is what happens. And there was another incident where I actually wanted to read Bible from front to back. I was like, Yep, I'm gonna start from the front. I wanna know everything about God's character. I'm gonna start from the front. Then Kaden goes, Hey man, I think you should read the Bible from the Gospel. i think like, That's a good idea. I said, I said, Nah man, I wanna read the Bible from the front. Is it okay? Then th- there was another person I don't remember right now, but th- he said the same thing. He's like, Hey, you know, it's a good idea to read the Gospel. You know, start the Bible from the gospel. I was still reluctant. I'm like, not stick to the plan. Anyway, then I go to this um, house church, in church in the hills in Adelaide. And uh, it was such a welcoming family. It was a really beautiful environment. And while being there, there was a sermonette we played. Like, it was a small, we played some songs. And after that, we had a sermonette. And we shared about our weeks before that. And uh, we played a sermonette. And it was like, uh, the sermon was about a guy who recently lost his father. And uh he was concerned that if his father would be saved or not. So what happened is, he's reading the, after his father passed away. Um, he was reading the uh, reading the Bible, and one of the verses stuck out to him. It was something along the lines—I don't remember the exact verse—but it was something along the lines of, um, "Those who believe will be saved." And it was like, okay, it might be just a coincidence. Then the next day, or a day later, uh, or two days later, his wife comes to him and says, "Hey." You know, I feel like sharing this verse with you. And she shares the exact same verse with him. She's like, you know, those who will, who believes in me, believe in me will be saved. And, uh, he's like, oh, might just be a coincidence. Then he's driving to work one day and there's a huge billboard and literally the exact same verse is there. And then right now he's really challenged. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. And then he goes to his pastor. He's like, Pastor, you, do you think God is trying to say something to me? He's like, man, I don't think God could be any more clearer, brother. Like, seriously. Like, you know, he's telling you that your dad is saved. It's okay. believe Because he was really concerned. He wanted his dad to be saved. Then the sermon ends and uh, and the guy goes, you know, guys, like, like, he just gave a little bit of summary of the sermon and then after that he said, you know, I would recommend you guys to start reading the Bible from the Gospel. And this is the third time. And it was... Like, imagine this, man. Sorry. God not only giving me a message, but telling me, okay, this is how I talk to my people. The whole sermon is about the exact same thing. Like, man, I cannot call it a coincidence. I'm sorry. It was a total explanation of things, and that's how it happened. And I'm like, God didn't just say that, hey, Kate, this is how I talk. He explained, sorry, this is how I, I tell you to do things. But he explained it in a whole sermon. And I'm like, wow, man, I felt so special. I'm like, I, I cannot believe like God, like my worth in God's eyes is that much. That he wants me to learn these things. It was overwhelming. Now, it wasn't just that, that God helped me understand. When I was in Adelaide in, in Brighton Church, God also helped me understand the meaning of body of Christ. And some of the people which are a huge part of that learning is Uncle Henry and Auntie Moira. I don't know if you guys have heard about them from me. I'm pretty sure you might have. But is a couple among many who were so nice, man. They invited me to their home. And uh, they, when they invited me, Uncle Henry, I remember saying, Kay, I know I'm not your dad. But here, consider me as your uncle. And you can come in the middle of the night to my house. You don't even have to knock. Just come in and say, hey guys, I'm home. That's it. And for someone to say that, meeting somebody like a couple of weeks earlier is a big thing, man. Is a big thing to welcome somebody home like that. Auntie Moira, man, she has the warmest hugs. Like my week would be going not so great because of the work I was still trying to find work. And I would hug her and she would simply just say this she's like that bad huh and i'm like man and she would just calm me down straight away like just like that i shared my personal problems with un- uncle henry he gave me advice like his dad like he was my dad he was not only that he was my he is my role model to be a christian um he he would wo- he is one of the adra leaders as well back in adelaide church and uh, he the guy is in, in his late 60s right He goes to farms 400 kilometers away to his house, like he drives there to help a farmer who has lost his fence in a storm, and he actually works physically on that farm to help him build it back. And it's not just once he did that, he did it a lot of times. Like, it's mind-blowing. And that couple wasn't the only, only couple that I got to know you know, in that sense, as far as body of Christ is concerned. Then there was Paul. There was once I was sharing my my baggage with the people about drinking and clubbing and all those things. And Paul had gone through something similar. And Paul said, hey man, take my number, bro. Like, call me whenever you feel like talking about this. He said, a lot of people in church might not understand because they all not all of them has gone through the same thing. He goes, I can relate to you. He said, if you feel like talking, I'm here. Auntie Pam and Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen is in healthcare. Again, same with early 60s. Um, The guy goes to, like, far country, spends two, three weeks there, away from his family, just to help out. He can still work close, but he doesn't. He helps people out there because he knows not a lot of people go there, you know? Auntie Pam, it was like, I found a mom. Like, literally. I would talk to her so much. And she would shower me with love, like, ridiculous amount. Like, she would just... The hugs and the Sabbath opening together, going to different houses to open Sabbath, the food. I mean, man, talk about it. Like, it's literally everything. I had never seen such a community which is homely, loving, caring, and genuine before. It was like... It was like more than I could have ever asked for. That's what it was. Now, I got to learn a lot about God's family, but then came the decision to show commitment. Um to show commitment by getting baptized. And Caden had the final Bible study uh, and asked me the question. He's like, what are you waiting for? And I was hesitant to commit. I was hesitant to commit because I was afraid that I was going to lose the most important relationships of of my family at that time. That was my mom and dad because they don't come from the same religion. And I was like, one thought was like, hey man, do it and don't tell your family. They're never gonna find out. It's just that simple, right? And I was like, in late and I was like, nah, man. But that does not go with who you are now because that's not true. That's that, that's you're not being honest. So it was late December, I think, um, late December twenty twenty, and I prayed and I prayed and I and I was reading through Matthew because, of course, I started reading the gospel after God's message. So <laughs> um, Matthew, it's verse 10, 34 to thirty seven, and and I. It goes, do not think that I come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemy will be those of his own household. He who loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I imagine I'm struggling with this decision and I come upon this verse and I happen to be here because Matthew is the first uh, part of the gospel and I come upon this verse. The timing could not be more perfect. I'll share a photo with you Um, right there. That's my uh, beautiful skips quickly writing which you can't understand so I'll read it for you. So it's literally that verse right there and I said It might seem like the hardest decision to turn against our parents or loved ones for God, but He is the answer. He knows our pains more than us. Jesus knows what is best for us, therefore we should not hesitate in following Him, even at the cost of anything. This is written with a heavy heart, but something is telling me it is right. That's what I wrote that day. And I made the decision. And I said, man... I'm going to get baptized. And I, I did not have the courage before, of course, to talk to my family. But after coming across this verse, I'm like, man, God has taken care of so many things. Whatever happens, happens. I'm choosing to believe. And I made the decision and I talked to my mom and dad. I was more worried about dad, but I talked to both of them. And dad, literally, when I talked to him, dad goes, oh, so you're going to be one of them now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, like what he meant by that was, you're going to be one of the white's. Because in India, Westerners are, we, we normally think the Westerners are just Christians. That's it. There are no other religions. That's what we normally think. And that's, at least my family thought that, including me back home. Um, and uh, my mom was a little bit hesitant. mom goes like, oh, but why don't you try in our religion and this and that. I'm like, ma, this, this way of following God has given me peace. And I'm good with it. And I like what I know. And I want, and I believe in it. And I said, I want to commit fully to it. And Mom goes. And Mom didn't just say, "Okay, go ahead and do it." She she also like both of them also saw the change in my character because I was the same guy. I would not tell them the whole truth, but I started telling them the whole truth after like being honest with them with everything, you know. And uh, after seeing that, she said, "Okay, that's fine. You can get baptized." I was so ecstatic. I was like, dude, that's it. I'm good. Like, I don't need anything else. I called Kaden the first thing because the guy had had Bible studies with me. It just so happened that the decision when I was able to make it, I had moved back to Melbourne in 2021. Was it? Yeah, 2021. And, uh, and I called Kaden. I'm like, Kaden, man, I'm good to get baptized, bro. Let's get baptized. He goes, oh, great, man. We already had the Bible studies with you. We're going to get you baptized. I was like, great pastor gary i said pastor gary he said yep that's great man and while i was here i was trying to find the church for myself here and uh, one of the other people i really admire the most uh is joel slade um he introduced me to this church as pastor roy had told you before i started my sermon and uh the first day i met pastor roy and pastor jinha and i met so many other people of course and uh, it was great and this very second week i came to the church it was like we went to homeless outreach, air draw, and everything. And I'm like, wow! Even though I was back in Brighton, like this is one of the parts that I missed. That I couldn't do anything after having that, uh, after knowing God's character. I'm like, okay, I've got to put it in action. Um, and then I, when I came here, I, I was able to put it in action the very second week because I was able to go there. Anyway, now when. I came here and I talked to Pastor Gary. I said, Pastor Gary, I want to get baptized too. Pastor Gary goes, great news, Kay. He goes, when, when he he knew that I found a church here, of course. And he goes, Kay, as much as I would love to get you baptized here, I would really recommend for you to get baptized in MCAC. And I was like, heartbroken. I was like, dude, that's my first church ever. You know, like, I'm like, it, it was a sentimental meaning for me. I was like, man, I want to get baptized there, you know. And, um, and pa- I-, I did not understand it, like what Pastor Gary was talking about back then. Then he said, like, it's okay. We'll get you have Bible studies with, uh, get to have Bible, st- I mean, we will get you to have Bible studies with Pastor Roy. And we started doing, uh, Bas- I mean, the Bible studies with Pastor Roy. And, uh, I, I did not understand it, of course, when Pastor Gary said, Hey, you should get baptized in MCAC. But when I did the, ba- uh, the, pa- the Bible studies with Pastor Roy, i got to understand what he meant because when i made the decision i was ready to give my life to jesus but i wasn't ready i I did not understand the meaning of body of christ completely and when i was here through those bible studies it helped me understand what a family is and what it means to be committed to that family you just don't get baptized to get to be in jesus you get baptized to be the part of that community too so that's what happened through those bible studies And uh, as you all know, of course, after those Bible studies on 1st of Jan 2022, I got baptized here very happily. It was uh, one of the best days of my life when I came out of that water and coming out of that water. When you know that you've left your old life behind and uh, you're starting a new one. You are in Jesus now. You, your sins are washed away. <clears throat> I really hope I take only 45 minutes, which I don't think I am. But anyway, it's so here at MCAC uh, at my church. I got to be part of really amazing things, like ADRA, building a community, and building a community all over Melbourne, literally. Like, I know right now all of you live in all of the parts of Melbourne. And I know, I can literally say I know people in all of Melbourne. So that's what it is. And back in, um, like, people are not as vocal as they were back in Adelaide. Yes, but people have genuine care here. I've seen that in people here to have genuine care for each other. I mean, when we have birthdays for like, uh, like a baby shower or, or like a, um, or somebody's having a baby, in to, uh, baby and we make an announcement, like literally everybody's so excited, like, oh my God, the baby's coming, this and that, like, you know, like, dude, come on, like that's, it's like you are having a baby in your own house. It's like, it feels like that. So that's what it is. And then, Passo and in her. Man, I cannot talk about you guys enough. these guys do so much for the church they put their sweat put their blood in the church man and they care so much about the church they they are there for people like when you're moving your houses from moving your furniture to just being there to freaking listen and listen to you right like literally just you can like just have a bad week and just put it all over them like you can just hey man Pastor Roy this is what's happening man like nah, this is what happened to work what happened at work they would listen to you and they're so genuine so I'm really grateful to both of you man honestly thank you uh, for what you do at church and it's a big thing you are like the backbone of our church and it means a lot um Not only Pastor Roy and Pastor Jinha, sorry, I wanted to say a couple of more things, I'm gonna skip. <laughs> Kim and James, like, they don't talk much. I know that. But, unless it's about games, you can talk to James about it. Or Lego. <laughs> but now, Kim and James, they don't talk much, but they do so much at church, man. So much. Like, you. And they don't seek recognition, recognition for it. They never... Like, they just be quietly doing stuff. Like, you just see things happening in the background, and it's just all set up, all packed up. Everything is good. Like, that's how they work. And whenever... And it's like, they are the true living example of that verse, what Jesus said, like, you know, when you do something good with your left hand, don't let your right hand know what, what you did. They're literally like a true living example of that. Right? And it, it gave me a very good reflection, because whenever I did something... There was, like, loud written right next to it. K is doing this. K is doing this. Like, K... And, like, you know, like, this... Anything I'm doing, this... Like, literally, everybody knows about it. Like, that's how it is. Shane, um, who is so hospitable, man. Like, you can go to the guy's house, and, you know, he would offer you his basil pesto pasta, which I love. Right? It's ready for you right there. All right? Then, Braun, who... I have only known to ask for prayers for other people. That's it. And I don't know if, like, I don't know how you can, if you don't know what genuine and caring means, like, that's exactly the definition of it. She does not care. She, I have not seen her ask for prayer for herself. She's, like, asked for prayers for so, so many people. And, like, it's it's it takes a huge heart for, to be able to do that, right? Now, when we're, uh, we talk about Adra a lot. Whenever you guys hear Adra, yes. K is there, where is K, this is that, or whatever, right? That's, that's what happens whenever it comes to Adra, right? But I'll tell you this, and I think we need to work a little bit more harder on that so that we can show what other people do there too. It's Lily, Shandon, and Naomi. These guys are committed, right? These guys come up with so many ideas, so many things that how they can impact that community. Community, they don't even know those people, and they are so willing to help them. Not so much just out of like sympathy or whatever, not, nah, because they really genuinely care. That's what it is, and I've seen that with my own eyes, and it's hard to explain. So it's they don't and they don't, they don't seek any attention. Have you ever heard like you know them them saying like yeah yeah hey guys that or this or that? Nope, quite very simple. As compared to K, you know? (laughs) Just saying. So, like, those guys don't seek attention, and those guys are like, they just do so much, right? And I got to see that how genuine these individuals are when I saw them doing little things but consistently doing them for years at Adra. So, that's what it means to have a character of god that's what it means to be part of like having that character and representing it to the world now i also discovered recently when i had a meeting with pastor roy i was like like what's the difference between my journey here and back at brighton brighton i feels like i have i have like a how do I say this? It's like an extended family, which you just go and they're like they just uh, like hug you. That's it. That's my only explanation of them. Like that's what they, it, I got to be on the receiving end of body of Christ when I was in Brighton. In MCAC, I got to be a part of it. And I got to learn how to live that body of Christ through people who I've just mentioned and so many more. Of course, I don't have time to go to each person, but still, you know. Now, even though I believed in God, I still struggled with the name of Jesus Christ. I struggled with praying to Jesus Himself, because for me it was like back home—you never say the name of God; you just say God, because it's too pure, too uh, like you just—you're not worthy enough to say something like that. And again, it's one of Braun's request to one of her friends who was looking for a house, and uh, she said, and her profile was not great when it comes to finding a house and we were looking at house at that time and we got rejected like for so many pro- properties and stuff and our profile was still okay and when she she said hey can you pray for her and uh, so that she can find a house i'm like and that's the first time i genuinely prayed to jesus i said jesus please help that lady and man i did not believe like i would be lying to you if i said i believe that jesus would help the lady no i did not believe I was like, yes, I've prayed. And I really did pray in my heart, but I did not believe that that would happen. Two days later, literally two days later, the lady found the house. Two days later. And I was like, I was in tears. I was like, man. And I remember texting Bron, and I was like, Bron, how good is our God, man? How good is our God? The next day when we came to church, I told Bron, I'm like, Bron, I don't know how much that prayer helped your friend. But it helped me more so than your friend because now I pray to Jesus. Now I have a relationship with Jesus. And we're talking after getting baptized. Like it's still a journey. In the end, I want to share that how grateful I am that God did not give up on me and did not let me be the nobody and chose me and helped me to be one of his believers. One of, the part of his family, the part of body of Christ. Not only that, he gave me an ever-extending family. Like, you can literally think about it, man. Like, you go to any country, find the church, they will welcome you. Right? Unless they don't, then you can find another one. But still, you know what I mean. (laughs) No. Um, They will welcome you. I cannot explain how grateful I am for all of you, each and every one of you, for being here, for being my family. And it means a lot. It means like the world to me, man. That's how much it means. I hope we are able to represent his character to the world. I hope with the journey that I've shared today um, that it has helped me, it has helped somebody who might be at one of the stages where I was in my life while looking for God. And I hope that this has helped somebody to, you know, have patience with God. And all I ask is, have an open heart for God. He delivers, but take that leap as well. Because you can only get help if you want to be helped. If you don't want to be helped. It's very hard for somebody to help you. God still does. But it's very hard. And most importantly, I want to say thanks to my wife in the end for being patient, being understanding, and believing in me. Because you could have given up. You could have found somebody else but you didn't means a lot thank you thank you for listening to me guys Um, I'm pretty sure Mark's past the uh, 45 minutes mark but still Uh, let's say a word of prayer hi Lord our Father in heaven Lord thank you so much thank you so much that we are here today thank you so much that I have this beautiful family that I have Lord Lord, thank you so much that you forgive us, Lord. Thank you so much that you don't give up on us, Lord. Lord, thank you so much that you're always there for us. Even though sometimes it's hard for us to understand what your plan is, but you don't give up on us, Lord. Lord, thank you so much that we have the things that we have. We have the basic requirements on our lives, Lord. Lord, please help us understand to be patient and to be content with the things that we need and not the things that we want lord i pray for those who are looking for you lord i pray that you will put your right people around them lord how you did with me lord i pray that you will help them to come closer to you to find christ lord lord i pray for our church i pray that you will help us build even stronger bonds moving forward lord I just pray that you will help us represent your character to the world, Lord. I pray that you will help us be that, be that church and be aware of the people who walk in and so that we can welcome them in our home as a family. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for us and everything that you do. In your precious name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.